0: Hey everyone, quick trigger warning, this episode does contain discussion of suicide. And our usual filthy language. Charles is like, what are you not understanding? I'm lying in bed reading Thoreau. You want me to get into a fucking boxing ring and punch somebody? No. Hi and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media of our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister, Jenny, born in 1974. Morning, Jen. It's not morning. It's... I've been up since since jackhammers woke me up at 7 a.m. Oh, Lafayette Beetle woke me up at 6:45. Wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I don't own or I didn't bring the jackhammers into my house. That's you didn't hire the jackhammers. No, they're not mine. I had no control over that. <laughs> I texted Jenny last night and told her Timmy accidentally called arlo lafayette accidentally accidentally all right jen just some housekeeping this morning um the mimis really liked our april fool's day joke i know that was a few weeks ago but we record three weeks ahead so we're actually recording this on april 2nd yep and they They were totally some were totally fooled or they thought they were having some (laughs) kind of weird hallucination um when I told Timmy what we were doing he's like you know it seems realistic I think people will buy it I'm like not our memes they no, know they're all, over they're all over it. they just saw the description they're like what's going on <laughs> this isn't happening Doc Baker does not have family <laughs> he does not belong to anyone <laughs> so today we're gonna finish our look at little house oh wait a minute I have some housekeeping oh Jenny is housekeeping okay So a couple weeks ago, I don't know when it actually happened in reality. People heard Dead Poet Society. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I would like to say that Amy was wrong about a Shakespeare reference. And I knew it because I (sighs) listened to it again last night. I listened to it and I'm like, I think she's wrong about that. I can edit that shit out. Nobody's going to hear (laughs) it. I have a copy of it. I'll just put that copy up. (laughs) So um, Amy was talking about how 10 Things I Hate About You was from Othello. It's Taming of the Shrew, which I it thought is it was. Taming of the Shrew. Yes. You're right. Now wait, I, 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 I was like, oh, I think it's Taming of the Shrew, but I'm like, Amy must know this. Hold I'm not going to question Hold on. her. In my defense, okay, there is one that came out around the same time called O, and that's based on Othello, and it's oh, like with God. teenagers. But I, you made me doubt myself. No, it is of Taming course of the I Shrew, was right? You're 100% because it was Shakespeare. Right. However. If you want to see the best version of Taming of the Shrew, you need to watch the one with Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton. Mm. It was like during their tumultuous <laughs> breakup, get back together, break up, get back together. It was so good. But I just wanted to state that Amy was wrong. About I was you. wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. All right, Jenny. Are we ready? So today we're going to continue our look at Little House on the Prairie with Season 4, Episode 10, The Fighter. The description reads 14 years after being abandoned by his wife and son, a famous boxer named Joe Kagan passes through Walnut Grove. When a fighting match goes horribly wrong, Doc Baker and the townspeople learn that the ailing man who sacrificed his family for his career will only survive if he agrees to never enter the boxing ring again. Jenny, I thought this was going to be racist. I mean, and it was a little bit, but it it it, it was actually a really good episode. It was not as bad as I thought it was going to no, be. No, and it was actually a good episode. Like it was, um, it was deep. It was kind of deep. It was kind of deep. I agree. I do not agree with the ending. I forget the ending. I Alrighty. don't agree with it as usual. But okay. So yeah. did, you, did you rewrite this whole episode? I didn't. Episode? I didn't because it was an hour and a half, guys. I know. Thank God you warned me, because yeah. I was going to go waltzing into my bedroom at, like, 11 o'clock and bang out 45 minutes and go to bed. Yeah, no. It was an hour and 20 minutes, so, like, I was tired after taking notes on this bitch. Okay. <laughs> we open on Fighter Joe Kagan's room in Carson City, 1865. So this is right at the end of the Civil War. hmm And I wrote, Joe Kagan is a black dude, so this is probably going to get really racist. <laughs> Can I just say, directed by Michael Landon, written by Amy Archer, I mean... Michael Landon. <laughs> it says that Michael Landon wrote the teleplay. Oh. Thoughts what does on that, that mean? I don't know. What does that mean? I'm asking Well, you. that's like a, a fictionalized version or a, a, somebody else wrote the script and he wrote it for television. Okay. okay. Hmm. Interesting. So. There was some you, other name up. That must have been the person that wrote the script. I the wonder possibly. if this was based on a play. Yeah, because it's too good, right? Like, it's good. And it feels like, it could be done in two or three sets, which is normally, yes. yeah. Yep. And right. it could have been a play. that first, like, I even have a note here. I have the first, Um. oh, I said I want to talk about the set direction here. It's very much set up like a school play. Like, how they show us Carson City is just a window with mm-hmm. old-timey piano music. Yep. It just reminds me of a play. I don't know why. Yeah, okay. yeah. No, I can totally see that. Okay. So, Jen, um, Joe's family, notably his wife, refuses to go see his match. We're getting you some. You know who his wife is? No. Hester Sue. Is it Hester Sue? Because- it's the same actress that later plays Hester okay, Sue. Okay, he becomes good friends with Hester Sue later. I know, which is super weird that this person's playing his okay. original wife. Well, it's, we know it's, that. It's, um, it's Ketty Lester. She yeah. played. She later played Hester Sue.
1: Same okay. act. She's
0: a great actress. She's great, yeah. His son is really cute, and asked, his son's name is Tim, and asks to stay up and wait for him. But he gets home late that night, and he's in really bad shape. He's, like, beat up. He's slurring. And he's telling his wife he doesn't know why, but he lost it, and it just wasn't his night. Jen, it's bad. It's bad. She's pissed. Joe is suffering from brain damage, and his wife challenges him to read the Bible like he used to, and he does, but, like, he struggles. And my close captioning used the adverb Haltingly, he haltingly reads the Bible. What? Whoa! I was okay. I was impressed, and he's like slurring and sobbing. And and I wrote, I hope I can find humor in this episode somewhere because this is not funny. This is not. It was it was like the scene was intense. Mm-hmm. It really was. Joe says he's doing the only thing he knows how to do, and his wife gives him an ultimatum: look for a real job or I'm leaving. He's like, well, I guess you're leaving. Wow. So I was, she, I was not expecting that. So she's taking the boy and they're going to Chicago in the morning. Okay. Then, Jen, we get a time jump of 15 years. 14 years. It says 15 years later. That's 14 years later. It says that? Yeah. Did your closed captioning lie to you? You're right. It's 14 years. I see it. You're right. I just saw it in a summary. 14. Why would you do 14 years later? Because maybe that's what it was. <sighs> God. Does everything have to be like rounded off to fives? We're talking about years of people's lives. So it's 1879. So Jenny, if we're rounding everything to five, you'd be 50. No, no. Do you know how rounding works? After July, you would turn to 50. You would be 50. No, I'd be 45. We're rounding to fives. Okay. In December, you would be 50. No, still not. Yes. The The middle of the next year whatever okay now we get a time jump of 14 years and mm-hmm. nels is hanging a flyer outside his store that says joe kagan versus all comers five dollars the kids are getting out of school and Laura and garvey run <laughs> up to just, him it's fifty dollars no it's fifty dollars if you win do they have, they have the purse on there it's yeah, five dollars five dollars to, to enter fifty dollars to win so, Laura and Garvey run up to Nels, and they're like, what's going on here? And he tells them if you last one three-minute round, you win $50. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. That would be equivalent of, like, $1,250 today. Oh. Laura's interested, and she's thinking of entering PAW. Jen? hope uh, PAW's not going to have this. He is a he's lover, a this. not a fighter. Well, and he's smart to not fight a boxer. Yeah, and, okay, so then John... Uh, Andy Garvey's like, my dad, is my paw is the strongest man in all of Walnut Grove. And Laura's like, no, my paw is. And Garvey goes, my paw is way bigger. Burn! Man, <laughs> doesn't Laura say something like, my paw is the strongest small person? The strongest <laughs> smaller person. Mimis, I have this on tape because it's hilarious. <laughs> I will put it in the Mimi bees. So, well, two things, though. Size doesn't equal might. Necessarily correct. correct, um, and of course, Jonathan's dumb enough to fight this guy, of course, he is. Yeah. So, <laughs> Nellie happens to come across them and she's like, A horse is stronger than both your paws, yes, and, that's true, and smarter. Uh, all right, Jonathan, yeah. And I'm like, Nellie, what do you think? Joe Kagan's gonna fight a horse, a <laughs> horse is stronger than human, yes, yep. that is true, yeah, yep, <laughs> okay. So then Laura says she wishes they were offering $50 to punch Nellie in the face. Yeah. Hmm. A better comeback. There would have been, I would pay $50 to yeah. punch you in the face. Yeah. Yes. That would be a better comeback. They ruin, these kids ruin everything. Yeah. Uh, Laura, you need to get the younger sister down stuff down, you know? Yeah. Um. Yep. So Nellie says the Ingalls can use the money. So Paul should enter. Oh my <laughs> God. Oh She's my such a bitch. God. And then Jenny, I put, does this mean Paul will be shirtless? Will I see him shirtless in this episode? Spoiler alert: No, no, because <laughs> he boxes in his farm outfit. Nellie says Nels could win. He boxed in college. Oh no! But he won't enter Gem because they don't need the money. Oh no! Okay. So I have an index card. Ah, <laughs> uh, Nels. Uh, again, no, not on Nels. <laughs> I'm not doing index cards on Nels. When do I get my index card on Nels? I did one on the Olsons like a year ago. I want one specifically on Nels. So I just I didn't know where to drop this one, but since we're talking about Nels being a boxer, who invented boxing? So the earliest evidence of boxing, this is loosely defined as hand-to-hand combat for sport, right? Because we've always fought each other. I mean, that's, yes. that's been a thing. Okay. Um, Days back to 3000 BC in Egypt and Sumeria, we also see mentions of it in early Indian texts, Ramayana and the Rig Veda. So this is, boxing's been around for a long time. It was introduced to the ancient Olympic Games by the Greeks in the late 7th century. They used to use uh, leather to bind your hands and forearms for protection. So this is obvious, obviously pre-glove. Yikes. But that's something you still do. So I took yeah, some yeah, boxing yeah. classes, and you you bind uh, the wraps around because it actually, like, protects your hand. Like it, it it protects your hand. Like if Jonathan had had wraps on his hands, he wouldn't have broken it when he punched that thing. So later in Rome, the leather was exchanged for a glove with studded metal on it.
1: Whoa. Oh.
0: Cause wow. Romans, <laughs> this caused this caused Roman boxing matches of the era to end in the death of one contestant most most of the time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so they have to, they had it amp do everything up. I smell up. a feat.
1: For no, next, no, 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 you don't. No, you
0: don't. Nope. Yeah. Unless the Beatles boxing. <laughs> <me>. <laughs> I'm just going to cover Lafayette beetle in metal studs and throw them at you. With the fall of the Roman empire, boxing came to an abrupt end. We, it's not like we got all peaceful and shit. We just started using weapons. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. a Fighting sport. That was in. So when I mean, did the Roman it reemerge? Em- the Roman empire died. Are you, are you getting, uh, is this an interview? <laughs> so the Roman Empire. Ended I, I have roughly, some viewer feedback here that they want more of me in your index card. That's not what they said. That's totally not what they said. Um, so that's around 395. That. 395 AD. Uh boxing didn't resurface again until eighteen or sixteen eighty one in England during the reign of Charles the Second mm. Do you remember him, eh? I do. Do you remember who he is? I do. Who is he? He's the 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 guy from the song. No. Oh no no he is the the brother of james ii who got dethroned whose son whose son james ii fled to europe Mm -hmm. and whose son is bonnie prince charles that's what i was talking about bonnie prince charles i tied my index card back to the royal to the monarchy again very and even back to bonnie prince charles (laughs) very good they're all fucking so, related. In all fairness, it's not hard to they, do. they are literally all related. Yes, it's not hard to yeah. do. OK. <laughs> but it's tough to tie back to a specific monarch, because you're mm. talking about hundreds and thousands mm. of years here. Amateur boxing officially began in 1880. And Olympic debut was in 1904 in St. Louis, but only USA contestants entered, so only USA won the medals. Wow! Women's boxing started in the Olympics in 2012, and I watched that, and it was fucking badass. Nope, nope, fucking, nope. fucking nope. badass. We're gonna have a staunch disagreement when we get to my index card. Oh no! <laughs> what you have an index card? We Not already have a card. We get to the why when we get to the why. Sorry. Okay. Oh, my God. I'm like out of it today. All right, Jen. Nellie says Charles is scared to enter and the girls get into a fight. So that night we're at the Ingalls house and Laura's telling Charles all about this. And Caroline says Nellie is right. Or Charles says Nellie is right. He's a farmer, not a fighter. And then Carolyn corrects her grammar. Did you hear it? I heard it. I was here for that. Okay. I'm glad you get off on that. Yeah, I like it. Now we go to the Garvey's and Andy is telling his pa about. Well, can we just talk about Charles? Like Charles is basically like, I'm not an idiot. Yeah. I'm not going to box a dude who's been boxing for 20 years. Charles is like, what are you not understanding? I'm lying in bed reading Thoreau. You want me (laughs) to get into a fucking boxing ring and punch somebody? No. I make mad passionate love to your mother. I'm a lover, not a fighter. I mean, Charles is no stranger to fighting, but he fights when he has to, not for sport. That man is amazing, and there's no way he's going to participate in that. He's just, Charles is not this stupid. No. Mm-mm. So, Jen, did you pick up something at the Garvey's? How dumb Jonathan is and how, it, how he's going to fight this dude. And how he's a bad actor. Oh, he's a terrible actor. But have he's you terrible. picked up that they're drinking coffee? I did, and I mm-hmm. wrote in giant capital letters, was coffee not caffeinated then? <laughs> like, know. everyone drinks coffee at night. What is the fucking deal with that? Guys, it's nighttime. Like, they send Andy to bed. It's it is dark nighttime. Out. It's, it's got to be, like, 9 o'clock. And Alice is and like, would you like more coffee? Like, I could see Charles, who works harder than anyone I know, drinking coffee at night and still being able to pass out. But Alice? Alice I can mean, drink do, do people at night? just... Were they just more worn out from their lives, and they can fall so. asleep? I think so. Because, like, I, the reason I'm so obsessed with this is I want to be able to drink coffee all the time because I love it. Me too. But I, I could never drink it at I night. Know. I would be up until six a.m. So Jonathan sees Alice working on the bills, and suddenly he's like, "I think we could use that fifty bucks." And Alice is like, "Nope." He asks Alice what she's doing. She says, "I'm figuring." I'm figuring. And he's like, isn't that the Olsen? Isn't that the mercantile bill? What are you, you figuring? It's one bill. What are you there. figuring? What do you right, got to like think how about? Much, what, what, yeah, exactly. You either have it or you don't. Uh, from my <laughs> experience, most often I don't. And, and she's saying how coffee is 12 cents a pound. Yeah. Yep. Then he says you could buy all the coffee in Minnesota with $50. Hmm. Okay. So... Jen, I love when she's like, I don't want you getting hurt, and I don't want you hurting other people. He's like, no one will get hurt. It's a boxing match. Someone's going to get hurt. That's the very like, the definition of The of somebody it. getting hurt is high. Oh I like God. when he says, I fought for an hour for nothing. That's true. That's <laughs> three minutes That's for true. a chance at $50. <laughs> was he referencing? Didn't he just get the shit kicked out of him? Yeah, but that wasn't going on for an hour. When was that? That was when he got all pissy in the last episode and went oh, to... Oh, he went in the Mankato Saloon. The yes. high cost of being right. Yes, yeah. when he's in the saloon, that was not he's an gambling. hour. He's He and, was being cheated. And Charles had to come and save his ass that was, then. That was eight seconds. Yeah, yeah. All right, so then he's like, men like to fight. Men folk like to fight. Like, of course he gets, you know, all women folk don't understand us. And Alice is like, we don't even have the five bucks to enter. And he pulls out hidden money. If I was I Alice, I'd them. be like, I'm fucking oh. sitting here figuring the bill. I'm figuring, and you have a whole stash of cash. So then we have dinner at the Nelson at the Nelsons, at the Olsons, <laughs> and Nellie is trying to get Nels to fight, and Harriet says Nels was a champ in college, and I feel like Nels is lying. I think he is too. Yes. It's t- it's clearly he said that yeah. it's clearly it was a lie. And now he's like, Oh shit. Well, the best is he's like, I was a champ at college for three years. And Willie's like, I bet you there were a lot of small boys at your college. <laughs> at least it's an Nels explains that boxing is a science that it's about the speed of your hand and your feet. And then Nels demonstrates. And I wrote, he's actually convincing. I wrote Nels is going to die with that telegraphing haymaker punch. Yeah, He that's goes true. like this. Like, <laughs> you could block that an hour before it gets to your face. Now Harriet and the kids are like, you must do it because you put well, on the, this display. Did you get Willie's like, can you kick? I'm like, Willie's all Brazilian <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> all right, Jen. So Nels is going to box a professional fighter. I'm going to give you a second or two to let that sink in. <laughs> I love how his family's talking him into it. Like, every other family's like, hell no, you're not doing it. <laughs> Even, even Pa is like, hell no, I'm not doing it. His family's literally talking him into it. No, so a few days later, it's raining and we see Joe Kagan arrive in town. First, this sleazy manager gets off and off the train, and he's like older. And Nels is like, okay, maybe I can handle this. I could beat, like, beat this guy with a cane. He's up. like got a cane and stuff. <laughs> and then Kagan comes off and he's like six feet tall and looks down at Nels. And he looks, mm-hmm. he looks gnarly. So, Jenny, Kagan must be staying at this hotel we keep hearing about. I know it's the hotel. Mm-hmm. All hotels look the same, by the way. This hotel looks exactly like this, the hotel that he stays in later. Brass yeah. bed. Yes, awesome. it, was this, it was definitely the same set. Yeah, There's yeah. no question. He's not in good shape. His vision is really blurry. He's not looking good. Like, he should not be in the ring. He's, like, rocky at the end of Rocky Four. Blurred vision, like, though, actually, actually could help you a little bit. Because what you do when you're fighting someone is, like, if you're paying too close attention to all the details of them, you can't react. You kind of blur your vision a little bit because then you can, sense, you can see movement more easily. Okay. Yeah. For those of there you, you still with us... Um, Joe Kagan has a manager and the dude is pissed that he can't buy liquor. Wrong town. Did buddy. you ever say that it was with the sick town or something? Said? Wrong town. Bunch of hits. I didn't realize, but I did not realize and now. I guess now I do because Olsen's doesn't sell it or seem that you can't, not only is there no saloon, but you can't buy liquor. Mm-mm. It's a dry town. Wow. Dry town. Yeah. So Joe Kagan asks sleazy manager who I have throughout my notes that he's sleazy manager. Sometimes I, I just have, call him have sleazy. Slimy. Okay. I'm slimy manager. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes I call him just Sleazy. So he's like, Did you send my family the money? And and Sleazy's like, I don't know why you keep trying to pay this child support. <laughs>
1: like why would walked, you support
0: your family? They walked out on you. And besides, your kid is like 20 now. And Joe Kagan's like, shut the fuck up. All Do right. you know that the manager is six three? So Kagan's huge. He's huge. Oh well, it seems that way. I don't know if they have like shoes on them or did he borrow Charles' shoes? <laughs> the lifts. <laughs> so, a sleazy manager tells him there's a few guys signing up for this fight, and one is named Garvey, and he looks the toughest. So, I think we'll put him first. Okay. At the Ingles, Charles is putting the girls to bed, and Laura asks him again to fight, and I wrote, Will she not understand the man is an intellectual and will not get in a bo- boxing ring? I wrote, Laura's super irritating again, and I'm so happy. Because <laughs> she's back. Laura says she wishes she was a boy so she could fight him. Okay. Good. In town, Charles shows up at the mill, and Garvey is upstairs punching feed bags, a la Rocky training style in the meatpacking band. Well, and Hanson says... Check him out. He's in the Athletic Club. Hanson has lost complete control of the mill <laughs> in this episode. Guys, all of my fighting references will be from various Rocky movies since it's my only exposure to boxing. Oh, my okay. God. All right. So judging by the way he's punching Jen, he's going to lose. This is horrifying. <laughs> this is some kind of like half dance, half punch. Like did Kevin Bacon teach him this? It's like what is going on? He's doing some kind of like – cartoon fucking boxing it looks like um is it joe glass in mike tyson's punch out the one who like comes up to you like this (laughs) (laughs) it is horrifying it's horrifying so charles is building the boxing ring and he needs a favor from garvey i didn't really get what the favor was i don't know it was not consequential it was this whole ring what does this ring cost like no one's making any money on this thing no Charles is building the boxing ring and sleazy manager comes in and then Joe Kagan comes in and they meet and Joe Kagan wants the ring smaller, but like it's already halfway built. So now like more time and labor people. Yeah, because the whole idea is the the way this competition works is that they have to just survive in the ring for a minute. So he needs them close. He wants them to not be able to Mm -hmm. run from home. Which Charles, spoiler alert, Charles does beautifully. Yeah, because Kagan's not fat, not that fast at this time. So he wants to he wants to be close to them. Come back to Garvey and he's still punching around and then he punches the wall and breaks his hand. Because his hand's not wrapped. And Charles is like, you know what, dude, you're way better off. Yeah, good for you. You're not fighting now. Then they have another manufactured scene of their friendship, where they are just trying to shove Garvey down our throat. Yeah, where he's like BFFs with Charles. All of a sudden, he's like, "Dude, I have an idea. Why don't you do this for me, and I'll split it with you?" I'll because the somehow he Garvey says you owe me. Yeah, he he. That's what I'm saying. We come back to this favor that I don't even know what it was. Would. Edwards ever be like you no, owe me Charles no no not in a no. million fucking mm-mm, years mm-mm. Edwards would be like what can I do to help Charles <laughs> yes <laughs> Edwards would be like put me in that ring with a broken arm yeah I don't give a yeah. shit yeah uh, Edwards would fight yes. this guy with a broken arm yes. no question and he'd probably win see what, there'd be a lot of wing sauce he's like I'll I'll just punch my left hand I'm good yep yep So they get into this, like, tiff, and Paul's like, no way. And Garvey's like, I would not have hurt myself if I was helping you. Whatever. Well, I don't even know what that means, because Garvey was doing his stupid cartoon punch when he hurt himself. Yep. Then, Jen, Doc has an epic burn. He says, (laughs) I was planning on taking the day off tomorrow, Charles. Guess I better stick around. (laughs) And it's Saturday, so I'll have to charge you double. Oh, wow. Burn. All right, it's the day but of- here's my thing. They could solve this problem five minutes. Just Charles, give Garvey five dollars. Yep, done. Because that was solved. I left that out. That was like a big thing that that Garvey couldn't get his money back. Yeah, he was out the five bucks. So I, if I were Charles, I'd be like, "Here's five dollars. I'd give him two fifty. Let's end that. I'd give him two fifty. Whatever. I'd give him five if I had to pay to be out of this. I thought was a lot of money then for for Charles having <sighs> it's one hundred twenty-five dollars. But Charles did nothing. Would you pay $125 to knock into a boxing ring and get your face oh, yes. 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 Okay. There you go. No, but I would just be like, dude, I don't owe you anything. Shut the fuck up. Goodbye. <laughs> okay. So it's the day of the fight, and Charles says he's too nervous to breathe. They're all sitting there. Nels is comatose. <laughs> Not Nels. Poor Nels. Jonathan's like, where's Carolyn and the girls? And he's like, "He she took the girls down to the church to pray. That's kind of funny. Nels goes in first. One hit, out cold. I just have to say, Nels, just pretend he's Harriet. Yeah, out But cold. this, like, this is accurate. This mm-hmm. is a skilled seasoned boxer. He's going to lay you out with one punch. One punch. Period. But, Jen, the best part of this is Harriet gets pissed at him. Because <laughs> he gets pissed at him. All right, so now we have Charles. Charles does a little better. He gets punched. He gets punched at first. He goes down. But, but he, he takes it. He gets back up. And then we but see. But then Joe Kagan cannot see. Yeah, now he's like blind. And then Jen Laura sneaks out of the church to watch, but Ma catches her and sends her back to church. But then Ma starts watching <laughs> through the hole. Okay, I don't know why they're not allowed in there. Women probably are. They not They are allowed, allowed in there. but Carolyn was against it. No, because Harriet's in there. Oh, that's They're true. against it. They're against Carolyn was against it, so she didn't want to seem like she was condoning that. True. So then, um, Charles kind of gets him like in a corner and just starts right. wailing and, on him, putting some rib punches in because the guy can't see and he's having some kind of episode. Now you're going to ask me. I know you're thinking it. Do do I think this is hot? No, I don't. No, I don't. Really? Mm-mm. Carolyn did bestowing violence on somebody is never hot. It's a sport. Nope. nope. It's a nope, sport. Nope, nope, nope. Okay, so when, when but Joe we don't know, like Charles doesn't know that he's like right ill. Because right. when- this this guy was in his right state, he would have laid Charles out already. He'd be dead. When Joe Kagan goes down, Carolyn starts screeching. Everyone is freaking out. Charles Carolyn wins. starts cheering. Yes. Okay, what's the difference? Screeching sounds like she's upset about it. Oh no, she's thrilled. Yeah. Okay, so, Jen, explain to me again, I have, why Charles owes Garvey any of this money. He doesn't. Charles won it. Now, why does he should give- I just have to say, though, I want to say, no way, no way, bullshit, no way. This would be like your high school gym teacher wrestling Anderson Silva. Like, there's no way Charles would win this unless the guy was almost dead. Like, Could you give own. me a better reference? It would be like me winning a swim meet against Michael Phelps. Yeah, Yeah, basically. All right. There's a good chance of that happening. (laughs)
1: Like, this is
0: bullshit. (laughs) But I don't understand why now he has to give Garvey the money. He just gives Garvey his $5. No, they split it. Oh, they split it? Yes. Why? Why? I'd be like, fuck you. Here's your $5, Garvey. I know. Okay. So suddenly Charles realizes, like, something's wrong with Joe Kagan and he yells for Doc Baker. I don't know why. Maybe he needs help carrying him somewhere. a punch on the chin, man. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. At Doc Baker's, Joe Kagan's, like, suspended on a tiny little table with the blanket over him. Yeah, that was super weird. And Baker says, "Jake, Joe jo is stable, but only for now. And sleazy manager's like, what's wrong with him? And Baker goes at him. Yes, he does. Baker's like, uh, I think you know the answer to that already. He should not I be can, fighting. I can tell he's been examined by other doctors. Aim. <laughs> How does he know that? I don't know. How the hell do you know that? Maybe they're going first. Was there like a stethoscope stuck in his head or something? This was like the late 70s when we had some really bizarre TV shows. Maybe they were trying to get Doc Baker like a medium doctor spinoff. How does he know he's been examined by the doctor? Like, I could touch you and tell you have broken ribs. Yeah, I don't don't know know what's happening here. I don't know. So he's like, he should not be fighting. And he basically says like, he'll die if he fights again. Yeah. Yes, definitely blunt trauma, brain injuries, that sort of thing. Yep. So they take him up to the hotel room and Baker tells Joe, like, stay in bed for three days and take that time to decide if you want to live or die. Yeah. I feel like this was me mid-pandemic. <laughs> just get in your bed and decide if you ever want to wake up again. Take three days. laying in Did bed. You, did you get the weird exit that Doc Baker made? <laughs> no. It was, like, super awkward. It was, like, pause. And then he's just, like. Well, I forget what the what the uh, trainer's real name is. What is it? Sleazy. Moody. Moody. Yeah. Mr. Moody. Doc Baker. And then they just like leave. I was, was waiting like- for the good day. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So when the men leave, Sleazy is being all mean to Joe Kagan. Won't even get him water. I know. And he's like packing. Yeah, then he packs up and he leaves. He's like, this is a town of Hicks, and I ain't no nurse. <laughs> he's like, the Hicks will take good care of you. They he's seem not to like you. Is that wrong? So Joe Kagan's like, bye. All right. So Charles gets home and he's all guilt-ridden, Jen, of course. Nice job, Charles, mm-hmm. beating up a sick guy. hmm Nice job, Charles, beating up a prize fighter. He was like half dead. <laughs> okay. So he goes to church with Carolyn and the kids. And I wrote, where's Nellie? Where's the resolution to her taunting?
1: Where's the satisfaction? Like
0: like Charles won. Right. Where's Laura going like, in your fucking face. (laughs) (laughs) We never get that. We never get that. That was not satisfying. All right. So after church, Charles catches up with Doc Baker, who's going to see Joe Kagan. And he's like, you know what? Carolyn and I talked about it. We decided we're going to give Joe the prize money. He needs it more than we do. Oh, God. They're so, they're so good. They're so moral. Um. So he goes with, well, I, I feel better with him giving it to Joe Kagan than Jonathan Garvey. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yep. So he goes with Doc Baker to give him the money and Jen, they find him collapsed with the noose hanging from the lamp in the middle of the room. I'm like, did Amy rewrite this? Like this suddenly <laughs> took a weird, bizarre, dramatic Just turn. Just got dark. <laughs> I will say Charles busted the door down and that was kind of hot. Well, and then I was I was questioning my sanity because I'm like, I think Joe Kagan's in the later seasons. And I remember him as like really upbeat and yes. happy. And I'm like, I'm like, is it just the same actor and a different character mm-hmm. later? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's not. That Joe Kagan.
1: He but I'm turns like, just life
0: around it. with thanks to Charles, Jenny. Well, God knows like they would do that. They wouldn't because I knew it was the they same actor. They would do that. So they get Joe Kagan into bed and he seems okay. You know, Doc Baker just feels his chest. He's like, you're yeah, still breathing. Like, oh, you're good.
1: You're good. Um.
0: So Joe Kagan kicks everyone out, but Charles, who's guilt-ridden, wants to stay with him. And I wrote, why would you leave a dude? They didn't even take the noose with them. Why no. would you leave a dude who just tried to hang himself? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. But, of course, this is now about Charles. Of course. So later, Joe Kagan comes to him, begs Charles to leave, and he won't. Now, this gets weird because Charles Charles says he's staying with him, and that's it. And he's staying with him for months if that's what it takes. Uh, I get get what Charles is trying to do here, but the whole tone of this is horrible. Yeah, he's like, you're going to listen to what I say. You're going to do what I say. Maybe Charles is playing like the I just kicked your ass card. I thought, I mean, I've seen him do this with Edwards. Like, I know you're stubborn and this is the only thing you understand. And I think that's what he's going for. Oh, but it saw- just plays, it plays cringy. So are you saying he has tunnel vision? Uh, is what? his tunnel vision back when he had his tunnel vision? When he was doing the, you're going to put explosives in that cave, period. Maybe. Maybe he has sure. tunnel vision again. But like he, he, I get, you know what I mean? He's like, I know you're a stubborn person mm-hmm. and this is how I'm going to deal with that. But it just, it's cringy. It reads cringy. So, Jenny, there's, like, a passage of time, and it looks like Charles is practically living with him. They're eating together. Like, where's his family? Why doesn't Charles just bring him out to the farm? Yes. And, like, let him stay in the sod house and, like, take care of him there. I don't understand. Right. Like, he did, uh, Chris, let him stay in the sod house. Oh, oh, because he burned the sod house to the ground after Chris's dirty ass (laughs) was living in it. (laughs) Okay, so uh, Joe Kagan is not liking this at all. And I wrote, neither am I, the viewer, because this shit is boring. Next, we see Joe Kagan now working at the mill, and he seems better. So there's more time passing. He's actually enjoying Charles. The meals are getting better. One day, Charles comes out of the mill and cannot find him, starts to panic. He's in the outhouse. And he's like, what, you thought I was going to jump? And they laugh over his suicide attempt. Like, is he still on suicide watch, I I guess? I don't know. All right, so Jenny, now we're in Chicago, and we see Kagan's son is training to fight. And guess who's there? Sleazy Manager. Of course. What a slime ball. And Sleazy Manager kind of buys him off of the owner of the gym. Yeah, I don't even understand that. Yeah. So his name is Tim Kagan, and he's a big dude, but he's got a big chip on his shoulder, too. Yes. And why is that chip on his shoulder? Because... He says Joe Kagan ran out on them and said he would send money and never did. And then his mother worked herself to yeah. death. And Slimy Manager is the one who never sent the money. Right. And I was like dun 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 slimy what manager What a fucking dick. Wow. So yeah. Tim Kagan is rightfully angry. Yes at this of huge perceived wrong that has shaped his the yep. trajectory yep. of his life. Okay. More on that later. Back in Walnut Grove, Joe Kagan is complaining about how hard it is working a farm. And Charles is like, look, you're done, dude. You're done with this penance, which I don't know why it was a penance because I'm the one who hurt you. But you can <laughs> now get on the stagecoach and you can leave anytime you want. Doc Baker says you're good. You know, whatever. And so he's like, "We'll come in and have dinner. So they go into to Charles' house and they have dinner. And J.K., Joe Kagan, says, you know what? I really like it here. Like, I haven't been this happy in 20 years. Walnut gruff's pretty good. Like, let's face it. Dude can't be drinking and running around and stuff. So he doesn't need a saloon. No. Mm-hmm. you doesn't know need a saloon. And he's not. He can't box. And Carolyn's found somebody who will eat the 35 pies she makes every week. Yes, she did. I would eat the 35 pies she makes. <laughs> Jen, can you make a pie? Uh, Is that a challenge? Yeah, let's have a pie off next time I'm with you. Oh, I'm going to lose that. That's like me fighting a boxer. Okay. All right. Let's have a boxing Actually, match. I'd have a better, have a better <laughs> chance of fighting a boxer than winning a pie off. Let's have a boxing match. Okay. You would kick my ass. I'm not even going there. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm just going to punch you right in the face. Because first chance I, get. I, like Charles, am a lover, not a fighter. Amy will be like, what do I... Nope, <laughs> <laughs> nope, 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 nope. I'll just wind Timmy up and send him in the boxing ring with you. And my kids. I'll, uh, um... They'll be like Garvey. They'll they'll be Garvey-fisted. They'll do the Garvey-fist. No, I my see kids that. will be like the Widow Thurman, Laura and Mary version. Like throwing shade at you, trying to kick your yeah, ass. You the opportunity to train your kids to be deadly fighters. I'm not going to. You had the opportunity. I'm not going to. Okay. So, guys, the moral of the story here is Joe Kagan is staying and he's going to, he's literally going to buy a farm that Charles says it's all ready to go, dude. They're just, you got to go to Mankato. You got to sign the paperwork. No, you have to go to Chicago. No, Mankato. Mankato? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, how shit goes down in Mankato? They're not taking a wagon to Chicago. But then Tim Kagan gets there. So he comes to Mankato? Yeah. Yeah, the fight is in Mankato. All right, so next- Aim, it's the Hick Circuit. They're on the Hick (laughs) Circuit. They're on the Hick Circuit, right? Right. So next we see Joe Kagan and Charles riding over to the bank to close the deal on the land to Mankato. Charles and Joe Kagan start talking about Kagan's life, and he says he started fighting when he was 14. He was enslaved to a white man, and he fought for 10 years to earn his freedom. Charles asks if he likes it, and he said yes because the only it was the only way he could hit a white man and not get hanged. And they laugh because slavery is funny, ha 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 wow. ha, ha. Charles, like this, like this guy, was literally a slave, right? Charles is like, ha ha ha. Yeah, you're right. They would have hung you if you hit a white man. Oh my god. Yeah, you were doing so well with this. Yeah, with this handling all this, and then they do this, dude. All you had to do was not laugh there. Yeah, That's all you had to yep. do not That's laugh. It. Okay. So they get to the town, Mankato, maybe. Yes, okay. It's Mankato. It's Mankato. So they get to Mankato, and Jen Charles is parking the wagon. Okay. He drops Joe off at the bank, and he's like, "I'm gonna find a parking spot. I'll be right back." Why he have to stable the horses? I think Why that's is that strange? Funny. I don't okay. know. So he's gonna ride around look for a parking spot. A la me and Coney Island with <laughs> he's my. Putting kids. A, he's putting the horses in a stable. Do you probably. remember that trip to Coney Island when we tried oh, to yes. go over there for the day? And literally, there was not a single parking spot in that part of 9,000 degrees. (laughs) Amy automatically, my annoyance level automatically goes up 25% when I'm with mom and Jenny, 50% when I'm with mom, Jenny, and my kids,
1: 75%
0: when it's hot out, 100% (laughs) when I'm driving around campfire parking spot. So they could literally (laughs) bounce quarters off me. I was so tense. Needless to say, we went home. Okay. Well, we were staying out at Rockaway, so it was only like a 15-minute drive yes, from there. Yes. So Joe Kagan walks into the bank, and as he does, he walks past a poster for Tim Kagan's fight. He rips it down and heads over to the saloon where they're building the ring inside. Because he knows it's moody, because it says Mo- L yep. Moody Presents. Yep. There we see Tim Kane and sleazy. And Tim is giving an interview to, like, Tim a local Kane? press? Tim Kane and Sleazy? <laughs> Tim Kane's going to box in this?
1: <laughs> wow, Tim Kane can't turn. win
0: shit. So, no, wow, he's, he's not going to box in this. So, Jen, Tim is giving an interview saying he started fighting to earn money because his father left him. Then says his mother died working to the bone in a laundry. Then he uses the N-word, and that's unfortunate. So he's angry. Well, he uses it, but he uses it in protest. Like right, it's right, right, a, it, right. In a, in a yes. protest context. And you can see the generational generational divide here is clear from someone who was, like, his father was a slave. His mother likely was, too. Maybe she wasn't. I don't know. But that you could see the divide there, and he's angry as hell. Rightfully so. Yeah, yeah. He's like more willing to speak out about it. Yes. You know? Yep. So Joe Kagan overhears this does he run up to him and correct the record no no Mm-mm. nope instead he waits for sleazy to walk outside and then grabs him and threatens his life and says he better drop tim kagan from his yep he wants him to stop boxing mm-hmm. so then he tells sleazy you dump him tonight never go near him anywhere again or I'll, or i'll kill you and i'll take care of getting him out of boxing well, Put did you me see- in the ring with him did you see? But he pulls, he grabs him in an alley and pulls him into a room that is the same room. And I was super confused because it is the exact same set of yeah. his hotel room and Grove. Of course. It I'm is. Like, I don't even understand how that same light would be coming in if the entrance <laughs> to this is in, a, in an alley. Don't, it was super Jen, weird. Jen, it was so Jen, weird. Don't even try. <laughs> that was so sloppy. So, Jenny, he's going to sign up to fight his own son under an assumed name. What could go wrong? Well, because we noticed that Tim Kagan walked right past him and didn't recognize no. him. So he doesn't know him. I mean, he hasn't seen that kid since he's like, or he hasn't seen his father since he's like six or seven. Yeah, I know. So he's not. Well, here. and, and this, he probably has aged rapidly in his face as long. Yeah. But I, like later, I'll, I'll address this. But okay. he seems to not recognize him at this point. So next, Joe Kagan heads over to the bank and Charles is like, this. this the, Charles is me in this moment. Waiting on Jenny. Waiting on Jenny. Waiting on Jenny. And Whatever. like, where'd you go? And Joe Higgins, like, I just started wandering. He's around. like, I'm taking care of a fucking crisis. Is what he's doing. No. He's trying to save his son's life. He is doesn't what he's doing. Say that he's like, I'm just wandering around. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, but what is he really doing? He can't tell Charles because he's got the weight of the world on him. And Charles is like, dude, the bank is closed now. Like, what did they give themselves? Ten minutes? I don't know. Okay. So Joe Kagan's like, look, dude, you just go home. I'll wait until the bank opens tomorrow and head back. And Did you can we just take an aside here? Did did you get the Meow Mix commercials during this whole thing? Did I get the Meow Mix commercials? <laughs> did Nelly see those? Because I got like eighteen of them. And I'm like, Amy's dog must be losing her shit. Yeah, and I get the Rachel Ray with the feeding of the dogs. The dogs are her audience. It's (laughs) not the meow mix. The animated cat Mm -hmm, singing mm -hmm. in a band. Yes. Oh, man. Amazon, why are you not letting us pay for this season? Please, I'll pay any amount of money (sighs) for it. All right. So, Jen, I wrote, um, thank God we don't have social media, or this fight would be trending on Twitter, and Charles would totally find out that Joe Gagan was fighting. Yep. (laughs) Like, it's so weird to me that things could be done in secret.
1: Yeah. Because we just don't have that world
0: anymore. Yeah. So, all right. Um, I'm going to read this exactly as I have it written. So the fight starts. And Joe Kagan won't throw a punch. He only defends. Oh, wait, I'm lying. He's beating the shit out of his own kid. Then he knocks him out. And he wins. Uh, I have a couple questions here, though. Doesn't anyone recognize Joe Kagan? He was like a, a... Boxer on that circuit for 14 years. Not one person in the audience is like, hey, is that Joe Kagan? <laughs> beating his own kid? You know what I mean? I feel like they would see. Maybe they, they would, were like, Someone would recognize him. Maybe they were like... They'll be like, there's no way that he would be beating the shit of his own kid. No. they. I, I mean, I think someone would be like, is that Joe Kagan? <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> someone would
0: definitely... And it's also clear that he's trained. Like the way yes. he's defending, the yes. way he's moving. He's clearly... so trained boxer a man old enough to be his father kind of looks like him i mean let's assume that like they're actors but like you know yeah he would have some resemblance to him sure you know and it's his dad's old manager and this kid (laughs) still hasn't put it together (laughs) all right so sleazy ain't happy and he dumps tim kagan as as agreed upon well and um Joe makes sure that that happens, mm-hmm. like right in front of him. Yep. So the next day, Jen, Joe Kagan's waiting for his train to Walnut Grove, and he sees I'm not taking a train to Walnut Grove. He's taking a stagecoach oh, to Walnut Grove. But I almost but they're at a train station. They're at a even train though station. they both get on stage coaches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like a hub, like just like you get on a you get on a bus at the train station. I almost said he sees Tim Kaine at the train station. He does not. He sees (laughs) Tim Kaine. Why is Tim Kaine in this episode? (laughs) This is fucking stupid. Tim Kaine has the personality (laughs) of a piece of cardboard. He does not belong in this episode. I was gonna say a piece of sandpaper, but okay. (laughs) All right, so. They start talking, and Tim Tim Kagan says he's given up boxing because he can't even beat a farmer. He says he's going to go to his aunt's home in Denver and help her to run a store. Now, here's where I have a problem. Joe Kagan never reveals his identity to him. So I wrote, so let me get this straight. He hasn't seen his son for, like, 14 years. And when he does, he beats the shit out of him, takes away the only thing that he likes to do, then lets him leave town thinking a farmer kicked his ass and that his father never loved him or sent him money. What? I, I, he makes a sacrifice. I think he makes a sacrifice because him showing up and like getting into his kid's life. I feel like my nope. derail nope. That kid speaking strictly from a therapeutic point of view, this kid has severe anger and abandonment issues because he misinterpreted that his father like he thinks his father abandoned him that is not what happened right and this kid could benefit from knowing the truth yeah he could come on that's so stupid but let him go get his life set up and then go to and then go to denver and talk to him like like it seems like the kid's in a pivotal point where he's making decisions about his life look you still encourage the kid to go to denver no, yeah. but you because that sounds like a better life right. for him than than being on this boxing circuit. But you just be like, "Here's what happened. Like, I never abandoned you. Yeah, here's what happened. I think Joe just thinks he's like he's it's he's he's toxic for the kid. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's what he thinks. It's wrong because he's going to go to yeah. Walnut Grove and live like a nice little existence. Yeah. yeah, but he doesn't know that yet. Yeah, it. I just would never. Let this kid carry all that childhood trauma with them through yeah. life. Baljo's well, wow, insight. And that's but it. What he does do is save the kid from a life of boxing with El Moody, which is a good thing. He does, but he could have done that using his words. He could have, he but could've. who knows? The kid might have rebelled against him and been he like, I can He could grabbed Moody, Moody right in front, when that interview was happening. No, here's what happened. Made Moody confess to all of it. You know, whatever. But the kid is going to be angry to see him no matter what. The kid's going to be angry, but I think the kid needs to know that he tried. Yeah, but maybe the kid won't believe that. I don't know. I, I just think letting that kid carry that trauma onto that stagecoach and go to Denver was a bad move. But he seems to be making a good life for himself. How do we know that? <laughs> not, don't forget that he's going to be angry about him not coming back or the mother having to work. Like no matter what, he's going to be angry about that. Right. But I think he needs to have that conversation. Like I'm a big believer. It, in- it, it is, the, but it is Joe's fault.
1: It, like, is it is Joe's
0: fault. But I yeah. think like I think there is a lot of benefit in having all the truth. And it's this true. kid deserves the truth. Period. But it's not it's not gonna absolve him. Like it's still his fault. It's not he's and the one if kickboxing. And if he's still angry, fine. Yeah. But at least he will know he was not completely abandoned. Right, right. And then it was Moody's fault. But it was really Joe's fault for picking boxing over his family. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. All right, Jen. So uh, whose fault is this? Oh, we just did this. <laughs> no, I have something different. Okay, whose fault is this? It's probably unbridled 19th century capitalism and slavery. Mm-hmm. But to keep things simple, I'll go with the slimy manager.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Although it was ultimately...
0: Because, like, why did the mother have to work to the bone to support one child? Like, of you know, because, mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. course... But um, it's the slimy manager, but it's also Joe's fault. It's both of yeah. their fault. Yeah, yeah. but you have to look at it from Joe's point of view. He was enslaved. He has zero education. Yeah. Boxing is the only thing he knew. That's the only way he knew how to make money. I mean, it's not like he was going to go farm somewhere. He didn't know how to farm. Charles had to teach I mean, him all that. I mean, do you know how much manual labor there was at this time? Like, mm-hmm. I I was going to job on the railroad or something. I guess. Yeah. But the, you know, and I like, would he naturally gravitate towards that or no, but when your family's like, I'm going to leave you, you do, you figure it out. Yeah, I guess. All right. At the end of every episode, Jenny and I look back and think about a theme or a lesson or some kind of scar that we took with us from either watching this on the, in the original time during the seventies and eighties when we watched Little House or on the rewatch, we call it our why it's designed to finish the sentence. Gen X, this is why. So, Jenny, first let me ask you before you say your why, did you remember this episode? Kind of, sort of. I did like too. I remember, I, had a memory I, remember of it. Yeah. I remember Joe Kagan for sure. Yeah, me too. Okay, Jenny, what is your why? This is why you don't always want your kid to follow in your footsteps. Mm. Like, like for instance, when your kid I don't have kids, but when your kids were leaning towards art, I was like,
1: ah, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. fun thing to do, go to law school. Mm-hmm. Because like you've done it, and and not that it's not great, but like it's just a harder way to make a living. Do like you think Gen Xers harder. do that? Is that common in Gen X? I don't think as much as it was in earlier generations. I don't think so because I think we were really the first generation to go to college. All of us, mm, all many, of them. Like, many of us, like on a large yeah. scale, yeah. we went. We went to college, and many of our parents didn't. So, I but think like we some people love careers. that, like do the same thing and I guess it depends on what that thing is right like I would be thrilled if one of my kids went to be a teacher yeah that would really like warm my heart I would like that part of me is like go learn to code man just go learn to code there's no heart in that really is there not heart in that (laughs) science I mean it's the sciences I think that you and I come from completely different professional backgrounds obviously I am always in the helping position. Are you saying that technology doesn't help people? Uh, technology absolutely helps people. But technology is, I feel, just more of a science. Of people. It just helps billions of people instead of one. It's more sciencey. It's not a humanity. It's 100% science. Right. It's literally science. Right. Okay. Yeah. Was what, what, there a question? No, I'm just <laughs> saying like, it's nothing like a helping profession. Which is more oh, the humanity? I mean, I, I'm more on the product and user experience side of things, which is a little different. It's more like how does it's it used to be called human and computer interaction. Mm. So, like, what is that? How does it affect lives? Like, what is the equity of it? Yeah. like that sort of thing. Yeah. So, I'm definitely more on that side of you know. I'm not writing code. Okay. All right, Jenny. My why is this is why I hate boxing, fighting, or any sport with violence. Boxing should be outlawed. I hate UFC, MMA, all of it. Hate it, hate it, hate it. I don't even think it I should be it. allowed. I love it. Nope. Look at what I is lo- happening to MMA. these people. What's the difference? Like the same thing happens to football players. Nobody yes, has a problem with it. And I have a real problem with it. Now, did I always? No. But once all of this started to come out, I can't even watch it. When you go to a high school football game and you hear those helmets cracking, you can't I can't even go there. Can't even go. I mean, it's not this is not a Joe Kagan situation. No one was forced into these things. They they pick this life because they like it. Yeah, but I think there's a lot of exploitation that happens. Probably. A lot of it. But that I mean, but that's a different problem than it existing. Uh, I, I I can't I can't watch it. The UFC, like I have friends who are like, if you guys like UFC, fine. Good on you. UFC. Watch UFC. But I have friends who are like, oh, are we going to watch the fight? Nope. Nope. I'll come over <laughs> and watch Dead Poets Society. Not watching the fight. It's it's a skill. It's a sport. Like, it's. Mm-mm. Okay. Nope. Can't watch it. Can't watch war movies. Can't watch fighting. No. I mean, war movies are really different. I can't watch people getting hurt. It hurts me. It bothers me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> even if it's like a
0: sport no one's gonna die like war is like people are gonna die that's a whole on the like, definition that's a of a snowflake thing. like a sporting event is different there's you know there's regulation around it there's safety around it i remember watching rocky when we were smaller and i loved the rocky movies okay that's boxing but i remember saying to mom at one point i wish these movies didn't have the fighting in them it's literally about (laughs) this is like when you want a karate kid to not be about karate like i wish that you had this the human story up to the fight and they just went to the end of the fight then like oh here's what happened at the fight you didn't have to see it like karate kid or uh uh cobra kai you seem to love cobra kai love cobra kai well there you go um Cobra Kai is not as dark. Those kids don't seem to really get hurt from the fighting. <laughs> no, they don't. We talked about that. There's no blood. Come on, yeah. he just took like eight. He just took eight punches to the nose. That shit's gonna bleed. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I have to. I have to really examine my relationship with uh, I mean, televised violence. Like it's not unlike like when I was in karate. You, you get minor injuries like you get injured like it. But that's not unlike like I know people who play rugby who get way more injured than I ever got injured in karate. I think it's just what bothers me is what we know about the head trauma. Sure. Why are we still doing this to people? But that's most of the sport. You're not punching people in the head except boxing. Boxing, yeah. which is what my cards about or my why yeah. is about. Boxing. Well, you 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 lumped a bunch of shit in there. I did. I so said don't fighting, like or I said any sport with extreme violence. Yes, like wrestling. You're not punching somebody in the head. Uh, I wouldn't watch wrestling because I I just wouldn't because it's boring. But wrestling, real wrestling, is not boring. Mm-hmm. Like like WWE or whatever it is now. Oh, that bullshit. <laughs> That's bullshit. That's a show. That's bullshit. Yeah. But like actual wrestling is pretty crazy. But I have even seen documentaries about the wwe and those people sustain a ton of injuries well, they're, and they're just like they're basically stunt men yeah they live really <laughs> shitty lives and they're basically stuntmen. shocker wwe does nothing to pay yeah. them benefits or support them so but that like fighters don't consider that sport it's right. entertainment right it's like performance yes like it's like jackie chan's like dudes that do i mean they're much better but they do all these crazy stunts and like insurance companies won't even insure them like it's jenny when we were growing up in wrestlemania and the the wwf was big and everything who was your favorite fighter your life's the ultimate warrior i did
1: too he was i liked
0: liked him and i liked um what was the other one jake the snake i liked rampage was much later uh and he's ufc it was uh the the who was the dude they brought out in the cage? Oh, the Undertaker? No, I don't know. I liked Jake the Snake too. I like Jake the Snake. I like Rowdy 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 Carter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, never a big on- fan of Hulk Hogan. I liked Andre the Giant. Yeah, he was just an like that crazy massive. It was funny because the I follow The Rock on Instagram. <laughs> I love The Rock. Okay. <laughs> Um, no comment. He he posted, it was like Andre the Giant's birthday or something. I don't know. And they he posted pictures of him when he was a kid with Andre the Giant. Oh, cool.
1: And it was weird.
0: Cause he was like a huge kid. I mean, he was like a teenager. Yeah. yeah. And he was <laughs> like a four year old stand next to this guy. That's cool. That's cool. All right, Jenny. So why don't you tell our audience what we have coming up next? And guys, by the way, usually this is the point in the episode where I read some reviews. We have none. Uh-huh. If you love us, leave us a five-star review and tell us why. If you hate do, us, keep on scrolling. Please do, because every day Amy looks <laughs> at the review page, and every day she's disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to keep hearing about it. Yeah. Um. So the next episode is going to be episode four, season. I mean, oh, my God, let me try this again. Season four, episode 11, Meet Me at the Fair. This sounds familiar to me. You know what one this is. Is this the one with the quote unquote fat lady? No, that's Nell's sister. Okay. I don't like that episode. That's going to be very hard for me to watch. What is this one? one. This is the one where Carrie floats away in the balloon.
1: Oh, God.
0: (laughs) Yes, I know this one so well. I'll read the description. Oh. The Ingalls and Olson family spend a fun fill and exciting day at a county fair. Sparks fly between Mary and a smooth-talking balloonist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, Mary. Wow, she picks the worst dudes. Oh. Carolyn and Harriet face, face off in a pie-baking contest. Oh. oh, please. And Charles and Nels enter a gritty competition of their own. Laura wastes all her money in a surprising way. <laughs> not surprising. <laughs> and Carrie faces serious danger when Laura fails to supervise her. Well, Laura is not trained as a big sister. No, she's not. So You're right. I want to defend You're her wait. right there. You're right. She's not. Okay. That's like when I brought my kids home and I didn't know I had to bathe them because I didn't know how to take care of children. Laura, what do you the, mean? You didn't know you had to bathe them. The first three or four days they're home, Timmy's mom called. She's like, Oh, how are the girls? Did they get their first bath? I'm like, Oh fuck a bath, Jenny you have to remember so much shit in those first I'm days eating them is hot like oh it's kind of like food sleep first like, of all washing. first of all, you're not sleeping second of all, you have this list of shit you have to remember well, I'm just writing the list of like our fundamental necessities, which is eat, sleep, water, bathe okay, I'm done all right guys. <laughs> Uh, I would know to clean them. Thanks for listening. Leave us a review. And we'll see you soon. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Amy here. If you'd like to support our podcast, please consider leaving us a review wherever you listen. To send us an email or connect with us on social, please visit us at genxthisysy.com. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you soon.